1: Hey, look, it's me. I like doing video. I like seeing myself. Um, Today is Tuesday, which means it's the Blueprint Power Hour with Coach Rob Ruggish. He's going to join me in just a moment. Uh, We'll probably talk about my visit to the Arnold, uh, which was a lot of fun. I'm trying to get this uh, this uh, image down. Uh, Let me just run Rob's music. Hold on a second. Let's just do this. Calling all
0: Blueprint Army. Fall in line. It's time for the Blueprint Power Hour with Coach Rob Regish on the Superhuman Radio Network.
1: Well, it's always something, right? So I can't get the darn uh, image to disappear. I can make it go solo. I can get rid of the solo. And the little icon that deletes it and removes it doesn't seem to be working. So we're going to have to do this like this for a couple minutes until I can figure out. Okay. I don't, you know, it's always something, you know, it's like.
2: Well, at least we're on this
1: week, at least so far. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't say that to, to, let me see something. Hold on a second. Let me see something. Yeah. Nothing about that photo is working at all. I'm supposed to be able to delete it, move it. And right. I can definitely make it go solo. Um, I wonder if I hit both of our buttons solo, what would happen? No. no. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, I'll be right back on the screen. Anyway, I did go to the Arnold. I had a great time. Uh, we could talk a little bit about that if you want to, and then we'll start doing uh, people's questions. We have lots of good questions, and you can yeah, ask I'm, question. You can ask questions also, by the way, uh, on Facebook uh, to this post right here if you want to.
2: So, so I'm really curious. Um, how was it, and and what were the freebies like?
1: Well, I I didn't get any of the freebies because I don't. I, I just can't take the crowd to tell you the truth. Um, it's just it it, it just nerve wracking for me. The number of people. Uh, walking around that exhibit uh, is just stifling, and I get like yeah. I get like um, <clears throat> sensory overload in crowds like that because I'm I'm constantly scanning people. There's people up against you and people to the sides of you. Uh, I spent a lot of time at the Redcon One booth purposefully yeah. to hang out with Aaron. I, I had a meal with Aaron and Daryl Thursday night, which was really a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was just it just crazy it's crazy it's frenetic uh and it's that way for four days continuously even sunday you know used to be sundays used to be kind of a dead day uh because everybody was going home on sunday not anymore sunday there was a crowd there that was unbelievable well uh,
2: listen i'm I'm guessing you met a lot of shr listeners huh
1: yeah yeah my camera just unconnected i i think i'm going to be getting rid of uh be live tv very shortly because because nothing lose you yeah you did you did hold on a second. Hold on, I everybody. have a black screen. Yeah, I think we we need to just forget about be live TV. I'm going to uh, I'm going to call Rob on the phone. Everybody, just sit tight. This is this is bullshit. I'm tired of this shit. I really am. Hold on. <clears throat> just sit tight, everybody. I'll get Rob. Screen went black. Yeah, I know. It's I'm so tired of this. Uh, I, I got to tell you, Be Live TV has really become like a, a letdown to me.
2: A yeah, letdown. it was working fine before, and recently we just can't get it going
1: and I, i'm just, you know I'm paying money for this fucking thing, and I'm sorry I'm cursing for those of you this is a, this is generally a family friendly show, but I'm so tired of uh, having to struggle with this kind of shit that's supposed to be so simple to do and yeah. it, and it's not at all so okay so we we we're gonna do things the old fashioned way <clears throat> we're gonna go back to uh the 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 original podcast approach, which has never let me down or rarely lets me down but um But, yeah, it it was fun at the Arnold, and I got to meet a lot of people, and a lot of people made me feel special. Um, Scott McNally from Bodybuilding Nerds Radio and Advices Radio had a live podcast event Saturday morning. Right. And uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to be invited to it, and I did go. And I got to meet Skip Hill and Dr. Uh, Scott Stevenson in person, and I met a lot of really cool people that came up to me, and they were like, oh, man, I can't believe Carl Lenore is here. And I'm like, "What are you talking about? You know, I'm not even relevant anymore." And, and apparently, people still listen to the show that are within the bodybuilding community, so it's really cool. It really, really that is.
2: That is awesome. So there was no talk of any like new super stimulants or stuff
1: like that. Um, no, n- nothing that I paid attention to. Uh, maybe yeah. there was, and it just wasn't around near me. I mean, that 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 could be it. Um, yep. but yeah, and there was there was nothing nothing exciting that I saw there. You know, there was there was a kratom. Uh, sponsor that I'm trying to get. I'm going to try to get aboard on superhuman Radio because because we have a uh, we have a CBD sponsor that's doing really very well right now. H uh, Hemp uh, they've been doing well. They, they just renewed their contract. I mean that tells you something. And so um, we know that that appeals to the audience. There was a Kratom sponsor there, the only Kratom sponsor that the Arnold would let in because they're actually investing. Uh, through the University of Florida, uh, money into studying kratom, and they have a very, very high quality organic, highly standardized kratom. Uh, and uh, I used some of it. I took some of it home with me, and I thought, "Wow, this stuff really." I, I only took a gram of it, and I could I felt fantastic. I didn't need the tr- you know the traditional three grams to feel anything. What kind of strain? They had they. I got uh, the red vein. Yep, and I got the. Ma dang dang dang, dang ma, whatever it is, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got one of each of those, and I have them in my car actually, and yeah, 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 and, and one of them they said is really good for working out, like it kind of hyper focuses you. I think that was the the red vein, wow. but I could be wrong, um, yeah. but I want to make them, I want to the, get them on the show as sponsors because there's a lot of people in our audience that are using um kratom. And what what they were telling me at the booth was there's so much of this loose leaf kratom coming into the country that is, uh, that is tainted with stuff. Yep. That's highly sprayed, uh, but more importantly, it's just not standardized for anything. And people are like taking it and they're not getting any results, or they're taking it and they feel sick and nauseous from it. And uh, they say, you know, look. The, the kratom industry is kind of like the wild west right now. Everybody and their mothers has a connection in Vietnam that wants to sell them kratom, but it's not—it's not all good stuff.
2: Yeah, no, I, I understand exactly what you're talking about, uh, and that's unfortunate because, as you know, you get the good stuff; it works like no other. It um, works like no other.
1: I, I, I like this stuff, and it, it comes in a, a jar. The packaging is nice; it's nicely packaged. But they cool. also have capsules. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I had a cool. good time. Uh, we have our first question from Sean Wasson, who is a huge friend of the show. By the way, his wife makes soap that's unbelievable. I will find the name uh, in the next break and promote them because they were kind enough to send me and Elisa soap that is so magnificent makes your skin feel so good i even use it to wash my hair that should tell you something uh but we'll, we'll get that uh, name to you before the end of the show and the other thing i want to mention is this uh if you listen to the show and you have the ability to sell digital advertising uh i want to hear from you i want you to email me at onair at because we need more salespeople uh we really can't keep up uh, anymore. I have an outside sales group. They can't, they, they're the ones that are bringing Mac Weldon and all these big players, but we need an in house salesperson again. Uh, so if you can sell and you want to be part of the superhuman family, uh, email me at onair at superhumanradio.net. I tell you this right now if you're legitimately a hard worker and you're not sandbagging me, you're not like putting in an hour a day. And and stroking me, but if you're really putting in a workday, you can make seventy five to ninety thousand a, a a year at home working from home, and that's not BS. I've had people come to work for me. They start out gangbusters, and then they go off and they go do something else. I don't want that. I want somebody who wants to be part of this team. You can make seventy five to ninety k a year from home. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. But anyway, Sean Watson says, "Hey guys, I just ordered a trap bar with the." thought of changing up my deadlift while taking a little bit of pressure off my lower back. It's been acting up again and it's been threatening to grab me. I am taking Rob's advice and working on my bridging and stretching uh, to try to head off the grab. Uh, but it occurred to me that the trap bar change changes the angle a bit uh, and takes the stress off the lower back. What are your thoughts on using the trap bar long term? And I work out at home in my home gym only, parenthetically, he says.
2: Yeah, so um, if you're not competing, the trap bar is a fine core lift. As a matter of fact, as a driver, and that's the term I use for movements that stimulate muscle growth all over the body. As a driver, it may be the absolute best um, for reasons that we'll get into. Now, a couple of things. Research shows that you can trap bar deadlift about 7% more, okay, than your conventional deadlift. But it's it's obviously different for different people. I want you to put that in perspective, though. If you can, say, deadlift 400 pounds, 7% on 400 pounds is another, what, 28, 30? Okay, now you're at 430. But we're still not done. If you can do reps let's say 10 of them, you know, 30 times 10 is 300. You just added an additional 300 pounds of overload and consequently muscle growth. So think about that. I, I, prior to seeing that study, I actually felt that the trap bar deadlift was a bit more difficult given you're, you, know, you can't lean as far over the bar and consequently your lower back doesn't come that much into play. Um, That could be psychological. I don't know. This next point is very, very important, and I can't underscore it enough. Know your trap bar weight. I have seen trap bars uh, ranging in weight from 35 pounds up to 80 pounds. Uh, You know, on average, they're 45, 50. The point here is this. Don't assume. Get that bar on a scale and know, to the pound, exactly how much that is. Um, I've been guilty of that, of not doing that in the past, and i got to tell you, when I got to one of my other gyms that I'm not in frequently, and went to do my trap bar deadlift that day, it felt like somebody turned the gravity way up. Why? That was an 80-pound trap bar. So it pays to know your number. If you don't want to weigh it for some reason then count only the weight on the bar. Whatever it, whatever it is, it needs to be consistent. Now, the same rules apply, though, to the trap bar that due to the deadlift, meaning you can't deadlift as frequently as, let's say, you box squat or even full squat. The tax to your central nervous system is heavy, okay? But the rewards are also great. Anytime you're moving your body and the weight through space, and the weight is in your hands, it brings it to another level insofar as taxing the central nervous system. It's hard to put a stick in the ground to say, you know, this is the training frequency you need to follow. I would say optimal frequency for most, most people that have been in the game for a while, is usually around every 7 to 10 days. It is important to note, however, that depending upon how much you leaned, what your form looked like, and of course the sets and reps that you did, the lower back takes up to 100 hours to recover from strenuous sessions. Understand the lower back takes the longest of all of the muscle groups to recover. So it's a big deal. In no event to fit some arbitrary schedule should you deadlift on one or two days rest. That's just dumb. It's just dumb. Um, Now, you may be able to get away with a frequency more so than once every 10 days if you alternate your heavy days with lighter days. And if you're going to do that, I would suggest that those light days, uh, you start calling those speed days, it, you know, along the lines of the West Side principles where you take just 50% of your weight and you perform 10 to 12 sets of two reps with 30 to 45 seconds in between sets. You are moving the bar as fast as humanly possible on those days. Programming and set rep spreads, look, they need to make sense. Five sets of five, Bill Starr's classic or otherwise, fits great here. Three sets of triples as you're conditioning your central nervous system to maxing out. Um, And the loading pattern work that I prescribe are excellent applications. Because it takes a lot out of you, I would suggest putting your upper body push and pull movements either on a separate day altogether or performing those lifts before you get to the trap bar if you're working on a full body template. To do it after the trap bar work, if you're working as hard as you should be, it's going to take something away from your strength. So here's the bottom line. The trap bar deadlift. It stimulates more muscle growth than virtually any other movement. And in large part, that's because it's a hybrid of the squat and the deadlift. Stick with it, properly regulate your frequency, and practice progressive overload. And every single muscle in your body will be stimulated to grow, not just your traps. You get a nice pair of those, though, out of all that trap bar hard
1: work. And, you know, where did the name Trap Bar Deadlift come from? Where did the Trap Bar actually come from? Was it really originally just to train traps? I can't believe that.
2: Well, I'll know for certain soon because uh, a gentleman by the name of Al Girard in the mid-'80s came up with the Trap Bar
1: deadlift, Ah, really?
2: And I have ordered his books and courses. Um, so in short order, we'll know everything that we need to know.
1: Because do you really need a, a bar just to train your traps at one point in time? I mean, it sounds kind of silly to me, you know? No, and,
2: and you know what? It's it's very versatile, too. I mean, consider this. You can do standing overhead presses.
1: I, I use them for farmer's walks. They're great. You load the bar up. You get in the middle of it. You lift it, and you go walk.
2: There you go. Look, if you've got a home gym set up, buy a trap bar and a chin dip station. Congratulations. <laughs> you've got everything you need in
1: <laughs> build building. That's Keep funny. You load a muscle. That's funny. Randy Hill says, whatever happened to the program you recommended? I think it was called Power Building. You spoke really highly of it, and it sounded perfect for what I was hoping to achieve. All
2: right. So settle in. (laughs) This is going to be a long, sad story. And unfortunately, it has an unhappy ending, um, at least as it stands today. So the year was 1995, 1996, and muscle media, without question, was, the you know, the magazine. People would wait in lines before it was stocked in balls, okay, and things were happening. Whether you were a drug lifter, you got to read about steroids, you know, and how they really work. that was kind of the first time magazines discussed it, or if you were a natural, things like ephedrine, ultimate orange, creatine, and other supplements that actually worked were seemingly occurring monthly it was in the pages of that muscle media though that I read something that made sense to me, a lot of sense it was an ad for for something called power building which went on to say worked because it took into consideration the individual recovery times of various muscle groups we talked about the lower back taking up to 100 hours. You know, biceps, obviously smaller muscle, take a lot less. What, how, here's how it worked back then. You called them up, and they sent you a, a one-rep max sheet with a list of exercises. And you filled that out, and you snail-mailed it back to them. And in return, a couple of weeks later, you got a blue binder in the mail, again, snail mail. Complete with not only every weight to lift for every rep and every set, but right down to how long to rest between sets. It, you know, it was phenomenal, and it worked better than anything that I had used before, and it works better than ninety percent of the stuff out there today. Uh, you know, even the interim program when you were done with your heavy heavy stuff, you saw explosive growth. I, I mean. And when I say explosive, I really mean it. You know, you were growing, you were getting stronger, going to the gym was was a really happy exercise, pardon the fun. Subsequently, it completely disappeared. There it was no not in muscle media anymore, it wasn't discussed anywhere, there was no internet, so you you know, you couldn't look for it that way either. Fast forward to I think just a few years ago, uh the person that created this, let's call him Brad Jeffries. I encouraged him to bring it back. In fact, Carl, I think we did at least one show, right? With- I had
1: him on I had him on I had him on the show and it's it's Sean Phillips. It's Sean Phillips. And and I'm I'm gonna I wanna use his name because Anybody who's listened to my show is going to act like, well, Carl, why are you not using his name? It's Sean Phillips. And I had him on the show numerous times over the years. Uh, he was even a, briefly a sponsor uh, with his uh, protein drink. And uh, we came on and we talked about... And you and you really prompted me to have him on the show about power building. I did. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, he, was, he said he was going to come on the show because he was going to relaunch it. He had a program... Uh, you know, computerized program where he would be able to do programs for people, and we promoted it on the show, and people signed up and gave him money. Yep. And then he wasn't responding to their emails, and he wasn't sending them their programs. And I even I messaged him a couple times and says, "Dude, you know, I'm getting emails from people that that they they're paying you and you're not you're not fulfilling." And and then he just. Stop responding to my emails and then quite frankly during the 2016 election he unfriended me and sent me a really horrible message because i was like a conservative you know like what he called me names and sent me a horrible message and then and and, and never and never contacted me again after that he let politics uh, get between us uh but yeah he 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 failed to give people what he promised to give them yes
2: yeah it's it's really unfortunate because all right, so so the issue here is that, his political views became so central to his life that they came to define him and everything that he was associated himself with. So if you didn't see eye to eye with him, then you don't
1: exist. Well, no, if you didn't see eye to eye with him, you were wrong. There was no room for him to ever be wrong.
2: You know, the weird thing is i have I've sent him two or three Facebook messages. I post twice on his Facebook page, and he's clearly seen them because he's been posting on his Facebook. Page. He completely ignores me. And so I sent another, like a third Facebook message. I said, Look, if we have issues, we can discuss those, but strength training and politics should not mix. You know what I mean? It's like it shouldn't get in the way. Uh, no, no, I, no, no,
1: no! Look, anything in politics. Unless you are a politician, we are all just working class people out here trying to 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 to, to live our lives, and we all have different opinions about a lot of things. Uh, okay. Some people are keto. Some people are vegan. I don't hate people because of their diet. I don't hate people because of their political affiliations. But there's a new era in this country where if you don't think like I do politically, then you are a horrible person. Nobody's a horrible person. Nobody. not Especially not because of their political ideas.
2: Yeah. And so... So, so I'm going to wrap this up by saying two things. Number one, I am sincerely apologizing to anyone that bought the program uh, and didn't get it based upon my recommendation. I now know and understand that the people behind it are just as important as how good the program is. Secondly, the world will go on without power building. you know. But, but what Sean has become is really a cautionary tale in what happens when your political views become so divisive You only associate yourself with like individuals. So whether you fall on the left or the right, if you're unfriending people and and not ignoring them and not talking to them, just based on that, you got a lot bigger problems than not not cutting it in the gym.
1: So I want to mention one other thing. The name power building actually is used by Mike O'Hearn for his style of training. So if you really want to try something that's called power building that appears to have some efficacy, I would reach out to Michael Hearn and train the way he does because the guy, the guy is an animal. And he and his program, his style of training is called power building. And I don't know how that is affected by what was in you know Muscle Media 2000 back in the day or Sean Phillips, but there is a power building program that works and you can get on it and work with Michael Hearn.
2: That's a nice way to wrap it up, right? Instead of just saying power building, don't do it, there is another power building, and we would encourage you to look into
1: it. Yeah. Scott Cavallo, or Scotty Cavallo, says, I'm happy with the muscle size that I have, just trying to lose more fat. What kind of diet is best for that? Is it true eating more frequently stimulates the metabolism?
2: Okay, I'll try to make this quick. I would say of all of the diets at your disposal and they are legion. I would have to say intermittent fasting is probably the best tool for the job for a number of reasons. One, it's pretty much the only diet that guarantees fat burning hormones are mobilized for the 16 hours you're fasting. Okay? So not only will adrenaline and catecholamines be high, Those types of things will be high. But the common denominator in all fat loss diets is keeping insulin low. How much lower is it going to get when you're eating nothing over 16 hours, right? So that's a biggie. Um, Intermittent fasting is also the only diet that gives you a wide-open blood-brain barrier. This is significant because things like stimulants, uh, hit harder. You probably remember this from college or high school. You could drink and it hit harder on an empty stomach. But just as importantly, um, other things can now make it across the blood-brain barrier uh, without getting tripped up. Things like GABA, gamma-amino-butyric acid, uh, glutamine, tyrosine, um, tryptophan. Okay? So, all of these things that are problematic in any other type of diet now become possibilities that you can benefit from on intermittent fasting. Um, To my knowledge, intermittent fasting is also the only diet that upregulates your body's ability to use protein. I I was shocked when I switched to intermittent fasting. I was able to hold the amount, amount of muscle tissue that I had and strength on 100 grams of protein a day where I was eating 200 before. A couple other advantages, it is by far the simplest diet, right? Very very minimal, right? Preparing food, eating it, and then cleaning up afterwards. No bringing Tupperware with you wherever you go. Um, And it's also one of the cheaper diets insofar as the cost of food. I have known individuals that switched from a, quote-unquote, regular diet to intermittent fasting, and they were able to incorporate more organic fruits and vegetables. Why? You're only eating once a day, maybe twice. So that would be my two Cs on that. I would look to intermittent fasting to drop fat and possibly build some muscle.
1: And And, and remember this one thing, this one thing, no matter what diet you're on, no matter what diet you're on, if you're on keto and your resting energy requirements plus your active energy requirements are 3,000 calories a day and you're eating 5,000 calories of nothing but fat, you're not going to lose weight. This illusion that somehow... The body goes, oh, he can eat 10,000 calories of fat. We're still going to lose fat. No, it doesn't work that way. Know what your metabolic rate is. Know what contribution to energy uh, requirements that your activity plays a role in and do the math. And if if your daily requirement to stay 230 pounds is 3,000 calories a day and you want to gain muscle, start out by eating 3,200 calories a day and slowly inch up or if you want to lose fat start eating under 3000 calories a day by 3 or 400 calories a day and you'll start to lose body fat it right. it, it doesn't matter folks though the reason intermittent fasting works now we know from all the research out there is people end up eating less
2: yeah
1: yeah i mean it's just it's just crazy uh you know Pay attention to what your body needs and don't give it much more than that, and you will stay the same weight. Give it less than that, you will lose weight. Give it more than that, and you will gain weight. And if you're training right and sleeping right, uh, that will be more muscle than anything else. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We've got a question from Jim Anderson. When we come back, you're listening to the Blueprint Power Hour. Stay tuned. There are a few products that I believe in, the way I believe in Cansee eye drops. I've been using Cansee for 6 months now and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using Cansee eye drops for 11 years now and I credit Cansee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. Cansee eye drops improves the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse CanSee Eye Drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how CanSee Eye Drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today.
0: Wanting to try CBD but not sure what to trust? Check out H-Hemp. H. Like healthy, happy, honest. HM CBD system makes it simple with one CBD tincture available in three great tasting flavors, a super powerful breath spray that GQ magazine named a top CBD product and a topical CBD balm That is simply the bomb relax, and feel better naturally with the hemp CBD system. Available at
1: hhemp.com. For the past four months, I've been keeping a secret. Every night at bedtime, I tape my mouth shut with Somnifix strips. That's right, and here's why. Whether you snore or not, at some point in the night, almost all of us start breathing through our mouth. Since I've started using Somnifix strips, I've noticed that I sleep deeper and have seen improvements in my health, fitness, and cognitive function. That's because nose breathing activates The parasympathetic nervous system and improves nitric oxide production. And that leads to improved sleep immunity, carbon dioxide, oxygen exchange, and much more. Oh, and if you do snore, it'll help you stop snoring. Try Somnifix risk-free. Go to SOMNIFIX.com forward slash SHR. Get a free trial pack of Somnifix strips today
3: Superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars.
0: Spit that out right now. This is the Superhuman Channel.
1: Welcome back to the Blueprint Power Hour brought to you by CoachRobRegis.com. Check it out. Jim Anderson says, where do you come down these days on supplements for younger lifters? I have a 15-year-old son and wanted to start him off on the right foot.
2: Well, um, (laughs) the right answer, to be totally honest, is none. Although, you know, in today's world of the Internet and, you know, in yesterday's world of magazines, in practice, that almost never occurs. I still, to this day, have 17-year-olds coming up to me in my gym saying, hey, I just joined. How much creatine should I be taking? (laughs) You know? And so... You can tell them all day long, no supplements, but they're going to go out and use them. The right answer, (laughs) besides none, is make sure they've got a blender and at least two thermoses, along with plenty of whole food ingredients. You know, they can think about that as a supplement if they want to. Creatine is the absolute last thing I would recommend. Why? Why would you play your ace card so early in the game? I mean, let's think about this. Creatine is the single best legal ingredient to put on anywhere between 3 and 10 pounds of muscle mass, let's call it. Personally, when I work with people, especially young people, I tell them they can't even think about touching creatine before building 20 pounds of muscle. And if they still give me problems, I'd point out the obvious, like creatine volumizes muscle tissue. <laughs> creatine can't volumize much if there's not much muscle tissue there. So, you know, hopefully in the course of that conversation, they start to get it. Um, if I were to rec- recommend one, and they're, they're going to want to use something, it would be intra-workout essential amino acids. Because Once they understand the value of essential aminos, and they'll learn pretty quick, it'll only take a few workouts, they can then begin to appreciate the effects that high-quality protein and the timing of such with exercise, they can understand why that's important. And remember, supplements can only act as drugs in one arena, intra-workout. It's the only time they can do so. Um, they they will also understand the role that aminos can play in recovery. And recovery is a very, very important thing for them to get. As you sit down and explain the fundamentals, stimulate, recover, grow, they want to go from step one to step three. You can't. It is impossible. It is violating a fundamental biological law meaning you must recover fully from that training session just to get back to baseline. And then the supercompensation process can occur. Okay. Uh, again, if they really they are hell-bent on using creatine, impress upon them the fact that if they use it now, they're never going to get that effect again. And it isn't going to be that much anyway because, again, Creatine volumizes muscle cells, pulls water and other things into it. If there aren't many muscle cells there, it's not going to work. Um, It's really, really tough, right? Because put yourself in the kid's position. They're online pretty much all day. At least my son is. And if their interests start to turn to the weight room, they're going to want to, quote, unquote, take something and it it's hard not to blame them because look in the real world in any gym worth that name people are taking everything they can legally and and otherwise to get bigger and stronger the kids want an edge the problem is in them not knowing where the edge lies and in fact you can walk into a GNC and find hundreds of products you can find Right, thousands online the stark reality is there are probably three or four that are actually going to contribute toward meaningful progress what are the odds that kid is going to find three or four instead he's going to do what happened to me and happened to most people listening he's going to piss away God knows how much money learning the hard way most of this stuff doesn't work Emphasize training, emphasize the fundamentals, and address supplements only in the context of intra-workout nutrition. That's how I would approach it.
1: I have to agree with you. And again, yeah. you know, you've know, you said it for years, the most anabolic of anything is food. And that's what I see kids don't do enough. They don't eat enough. They just don't. Right. As a kid at my gym, he's a nice kid. He wants to be a personal trainer. His name is Max. Yep. Uh, he's come up to me over the past few years and and talked to me about lifting. And I one day I said to him because he's very he's very wiry. You know, he doesn't have the he's not a what's it an endomorph. What what, what people that are naturally muscular are they endomorphs or mesomorphs? Which one is it? Meso?
2: Naturally what?
1: Naturally muscular. Yeah, a mesomorph. So he's not a mesomorph, right? He's clearly a hard gainer, right? But And I've found over the years the hard gainer is really a hard gainer because they just don't eat enough. Right. Uh, and, you know, I've talked to him. I, I remember probably about a year ago I grabbed him. I said, Max, how much protein do you eat? And he just looked at me, he, you know. <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, I said, if you're not eating at least one gram of protein per pound of body weight, you're just not going to put muscle on and he goes, well, you know, he started giving me some excuses why I can't eat. I says, you know, you can always drink your, 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 your calories. He says, you can make a protein drink three or four times a day. If that's all you can do, that's all you can do. But you know, I find that what kids don't do enough of is eat enough. They just don't. And, and when they do say they're eating enough, when you look at what they're eating, they're eating predominantly carbohydrates, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you're 15 years old and you want to grow from, from the ages of 15, to 19 you could probably easily 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 put on 15 pounds a year which is a lot of weight yep of muscle by just you know look the hard part of this game is the eating it's not the lifting
2: well the supplements
1: it's not the supplements it's not the it's not the the lifting takes an hour an hour and a half to 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 make the signals happen but then you have to eat every two and a half to three hours. You have to eat every two and a half to three hours. You have to hit your protein. You have to get your calories in. And that's people will do it for two or three days. And then they're like, oh, man. You this know, is work. Yeah, this, the eating is the work. That's it. Yeah. When you see a 285-pound bodybuilder, you he look at him. He didn't and you,
2: get that way. Eating like a bird.
1: No, and not only that, he didn't get that way by working out all day long. He got that way by training, and then eating all day long, and yep. not missing a day, not missing a meal, not missing a day, not missing a week, not missing a month, not missing a year. Amen. That's the hard part: the eating. Nobody gets that yet. Um, Jim Anderson says, oh, "I'm sorry." Alex Bander says. What do you think about glutamine? If the goal is growth hormone release to melt fat, oh, God. Are there any training and diet programs where it's more beneficial than others?
2: Well, uh, it sounds like our, our answers are the same. Um, but just to put this in context, glutamine was introduced not long after creatine. And uh, it certainly looked like it was going to be the next superstar. Everything... Suggested it. Given right, anytime anyone mentions glutamine, especially in an article, it it's a, they always say it's the most abundant amino acid in muscle, and and, and you know that. Look, that's true. Um, it is thought to be conditionally essential. Nobody, to my satisfaction, has ever come out and listed those conditions. So, uh, it was thought. To be an integral part of the original metrics formula, I don't know if you remember when it came in two canisters, basin plus yep and uh and so there was a lot of speculation around the fact that Dr. Connolly had seen glutamine being used in burn burn and other patients uh and it was making a difference, and therefore incorporated it into metrics so if we get it standalone and boatload it it's got it's gotta do something right. No, unfortunately, that isn't the case. Even at, and and this, again, I did this and had to learn the hard way, even at mega-dosed levels, and I'll define that as anywhere between 30 and 50 grams a day, there was no effect whatsoever on size, strength, fat loss, et cetera, et cetera. And the reason for that, one of the big reasons, is the vast majority of glutamine. Is eaten up by your stomach lining, so very little of it gets to the muscles. I question, even if it did get to the muscles, um, you know the, the benefit that it would impart. What this means is that, you know, while it while it doesn't cut it as a performance enhancer, it can be very helpful to people with stomach issues. Um, so those are folks with like leaky gut, Crohn's. Crohn's uh, disease, etc., etc. I've seen those folks respond exceptionally well to glutamine. It's made their lives a lot better. Uh, typically, they take five grams about 30 minutes before a meal. Some take it with the meal. Uh, but now, with respect to growth hormone, <laughs> uh, there is some scant research showing a couple grams of glutamine under the tongue raised growth hormone 400%. It sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. There are a couple problems. One, I never saw that same study replicated again. So, you know, whether it can be replicated or not, I don't know. 400% sounds like a big figure, but listen, like most amino acids, the GH release is transient. Okay? And as such, unlikely to result in any sort of fat-burning effect. If you're going to use an amino acid for that, I would use GABA, gamma aminobutyric acid. Three grams before the workout resulted in 480% greater biologically active GH, and that was in 20-something-year-olds. Again, it's transient. Some people look at it and say, well, it can only help, maybe so. Um, look, the fact of the matter is this. Growth hormone, like testosterone, needs to be, you know, elevated around the clock. And even in the case of a genuine article with growth hormone, it results are slow in coming, right? It takes many months, depending upon how much you use. If you're a natural trainee, I would tell you the most potent way to raise natural growth hormone levels is to work in a lactic acid tolerance training type type of uh, workout protocol. Meaning, you're stacking five or six big compound lifts um, on top of each other, and those can be body weight ones as well. And you're running through those no rest between exercises. Rest one minute, repeat it for another round. Um, the ideal is to build up to five rounds. If you can do that with those money exercises, not only will you be in great shape Um, I have seen people in the absence of any cardio whatsoever lose a ton of body fat if they can do that workout anywhere between two and four times a week. On the legal side of things, if you want to elevate growth hormone, CJC 1295 with or without DAC, GHRP 2, I think two... Two and what four available? If you want to they're... raise
1: growth hormone, the the best, most effective way to do it is to take GHRP six at one hundred micrograms for men and fifty micrograms for women, combined with growth releasing factor one through twenty nine, one hundred micrograms for men, fifty micrograms for women, in combination. First thing in the morning and a couple times throughout the day, and you will have the growth hormone levels of a twenty year old. And that and 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 look. This works i wouldn't use c j c twelve ninety five because that raises the trough the baseline production of growth hormone around the clock mm-hmm. uh, and 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 you need it to pulse if you are going to use gee if you are going to use c j c twelve ninety five no death. you right. still no no use it with with the drug affinity complex so that it it, it has a, a seven day half life but You still have to use GHRP6 and modified growth factor 1 through 29 several times a day to create the peak. See, CJC-1295 just elevates the baseline production. So you have a baseline production. Let's say there's a scale of 1 to 10. Let's say baseline is 2. All day long, you're producing that number 2. But then every three hours for men and every one and a half hours for women, your, your pituitary pulses a big dose of growth hormone and that may take that two and bring it up to a nine and you need that pulse. The body looks for that pulse. There's a reason that we we've evolved this way. So just taking CJC 1295 is just going to raise the baseline. It's not going to increase the pulse. And in fact, the pulse is going to look like it has less amplitude because now the baseline has moved up. So you still need to use the GHRP six, and in fact, if you want to use CJC twelve ninety five, use it, but you must still use multiple times a day, GHRP six plus modified growth factor one through twenty nine to create the pulse. Or you're not going to see any real fat loss. You're just not.
2: Yeah, and and look, you know, it's legal or, or at least exactly,
1: sort of. exactly. I, I was just I was just out at tailor Made Pharmacy yesterday. They are, they are the only pharmacy in America today making their peptides in-house. I saw their lab. It is amazing. The, the, one of the labs alone is a $12 million lab with amino acid sequencers that produce up to a kilogram of a peptide at one time. Wow. And so we were talking about this yesterday, and I said, you know, I'm so frustrated with the commercials for CeraVital. Vital where they're trying to convince women that growth hormone will make your skinny, make your hair better, make your skin better and CeraVital is crap. It's it, oh it'll raise growth hormone levels up to 150%. Well, if you have zero growth hormone already, 150 times 0 is still 0. It's meaningless. But if you really want to raise growth hormone, you can do it today through your doctor by getting your doctor to write you a prescription for uh, GHRP six or imperimpermelon imp, and modified growth factor one through twenty nine, and you just have to get over the fear of injecting it, and you can have really, really, really high growth hormone levels again at fifty and sixty.
2: Yeah, but there's sub-Q injection. So
1: yeah, I mean it's it's so it's, it doesn't even hurt. I mean it does you don't feel anything. Um, but this is the first time ever in the Amer- in the United States of America that you have to you can stop buying bunk supplements that really don't work or turning to the black market for questionable stuff and get real legit peptides that will raise growth hormone levels. First time ever. Take advantage of it. Amen. So, man, uh, it, it frustrates me when I see that Sarah Vital commercial. Ladies, you're just not sleeping well, can't lose weight anymore. Well, Sarah Vital will raise your growth hormone levels by a whopping 200%. Yeah, Meaningless. Is that the the transdermal homeo? <laughs> no, that stuff doesn't even work. That stuff is supposed to have transdermal growth hormone in it. That doesn't even work. That does nothing. That is just you may as well just. Here's my address: twenty nine hundred eight Brownsboro Road, Suite one hundred three, Louisville, Kentucky four zero two zero six. Just send me your money, and I'll tell you your growth hormone is is higher now, because that's pretty much what you're doing there. The growth hormone, the the growth hormone peptide is forty six thousand. Dalton.
2: Right. And you, and you, you can't get you, anything to... Go.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, if I put a piece of bread on your skin, will your body absorb it and will you feel the nutrient value of that bread as opposed to eating it? No. Why? Because the bread's not going through your skin and neither is the transdermal growth hormone. <laughs> if there is any growth hormone really in it. That's a whole other story. No, there isn't. <laughs> I mean, come on. Give me a break. I mean, these people... Is, how stupid... Do you think... Do you think that if delivering growth hormone transdermally actually worked, that some MLM, some obscure multi-level marketing company would be allowed to do it, and the pharmaceutical industry is still making injectable growth hormone? <laughs> really? Are you that stupid? You think? I just had a guy message me. He said, "Hey, uh, my my company, I get my HRT from." They're introducing AOD nine six zero four. We used to call it uh, fragment one seventy one through one one seventy six to one ninety one. Yeah, it's the it's the lipolytic f- portion of the peptide of growth hormone. And in rodents, it showed fat loss, but it's never worked in humans. But here's the best part. So he say, "Oh, my 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 HRT clinic is telling me to get this, and it's going to make me burn fat." I said, "It's bullshit." Uh, It's been around forever. It doesn't work in humans. It seems to work in rodents for sure. But here's the best part. With the obesity epidemic being what it is today, if AOD 9604 slash uh, fragment uh, 176 to 191 really worked, really worked, given that we have an epidemic of obesity today, and get this, it's orally bioavailable. So you could put it in a capsule. You don't have to inject it. Do you really think the pharmaceutical industry would have just, oops, we missed that one?
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> funny stuff. It is funny stuff. And you know what happens? So, Fragment 176 to 191 came in vogue and out of vogue, like, all at the same time in a couple-year period, probably about, uh, I want to say around 2005 through two thousand two thousand seven. 2007. Everybody was talking about it. There were people out there injecting it six and seven. So so what they do is the people who sell it say, oh, you got to inject it six times a day to get it to work. They know people aren't going to do that. So when it doesn't work, they're going to blame it on you. And then people went, this stuff doesn't work. I'd rather just take real growth hormone because real growth hormone works. And keep in mind, the way AOD 9604 is purported to work is by sensitizing the beta adrenergic receptors what else does that clenbuterol uh uh what's the stuff you like the mawang you know yeah ephedra. i mean come on these things actually work you can feel them working yeah. so so it's like it's i'm just it's amazing how because we're so forgetful that, you know, every seven, eight, nine years, they bring something back again. Oh, yeah, and they'll sell it a bunch of it, and people will go, it doesn't work, and then it'll disappear for seven or eight or nine years. Oh, <laughs>
2: uh, well, that's, that's the story on uh, what were we talking about,
1: glutamine. Glutamine. Gl- glutamine is great if you have gut problems. It's really yeah. good if you have gut problems. There's no doubt about it. Uh, yep. But if you're eating a high-protein diet, trust me, you are not in short supply of glutamine. No. Not at all. It's the primary amino acid present in all tissue. The body is really good at putting glutamine into the body. Amen. And take, And the only time I would take uh, glutamine powder is, is, again, if I had gut problems. That's it. Yeah, my
2: wife, uh, she has long had gut problems, and she's going to be giving that a go. So we'll find out shortly if it works for her.
1: We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have a question from Al Reeves. He uh, uh, listens to the show from the UK, and uh, we will start off with that one. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Blueprint Power Hour.
0: productive at RenewLifeRx.com.
3: Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest high-protein potato chips with 21 grams of high quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be.
1: Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon One. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training need a testosterone booster that works check out boomstick whatever you need you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at redcon one go to redcon one.com that's r-e-d-c-o-n the number one.com or go to superhumorradio.net and click the redcon one banner ad today are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you need Do what I do and start your day with lipospheric supplements from Live On Labs. Unlike pills and powders, Live On's patented liposomal encapsulation technology transports nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin B, glutathione, acetyl-L-carnitine, and alpha-lipoic acid to where they need to be your cells. Visit try.liveonlabs.com forward slash Carl to learn why I take these supplements every day to help me perform in the gym and in life. That's try.livonlabs.com slash Carl. Did
0: you know that the U.S. Department of Health actually patented cannabinoids as antioxidants and neuroprotectants? So clearly there is promise for CBD to help with a variety of issues. Hemp's U.S. grown CBD system is fully tested for purity and safety. For daily balance, Hemp has the best tasting CBD tinctures available. Their super breath blast delivers near immediate relief and relaxation while on the go. And for your muscles, joints, and temples, the magic balm works wonders. Relax and feel better naturally with the Hemp CBD system from hemp.com. This is the superhuman channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch.
1: Welcome back. So this question comes to us from Al Reeves, who is uh, in his forties, and 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 I'm jealous of this guy's physique. Um, I think he's listening live. Maybe let's see. Anyway, I think he may be listening live. Anyway, so he uh, he sent a question. Actually, I think he sent it to you as well, Rob. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, and pull it from my my Facebook Messenger. He said. Uh, I just got Progenidrex. I've been keto for three years, but last six months following Dr. Mardi Pasqual's anabolic diet and refeeding on the weekends, which basically is a keto diet with a refeed. I'm having great success. I'm also using his testosterone booster and GH booster right now. I'm thinking of stopping the test booster for a month and using Progenidrex instead. Do you think this is okay to use on this type of a high fat, Diet with a weekend refeed.
2: Well, you know, it's a very interesting question. Um, And there are some things I'm not clear on. Like, for example, uh, is he dieting? Is he dieting to lose fat? If he has, how long has he been doing that? Um, If the answer to that is yes, then Progenidrex would probably not be the optimal product for that recall because um, it makes hormones. you
1: because it makes you want to eat more right
2: exactly <laughs> one of the one of the things anticyclist a does is it pretty dramatically ups your appetite and um you know the best part of that is for whatever reason we don't know could be insulin sensitivity could be insulin mimetic we don't know but we do know um for some reason carbohydrates you can eat an inordinate amount of them that are stored in muscle as opposed to around your waist. And I would send you to the thirty reviews over at Predator Nutrition uh dot com so you know you can read that for yourself. But uh it's a long way of saying progenitrex is probably not ideal for the anabolic diet and definitely not for a fat loss phase. On the other hand, if you've been dieting keto, which I think he said for three years, most people right, do that just to lose fat. He subsequently switched over to the anabolic diet. It sounds like he enjoys the carb refeeds. feeds. I would ask that he stay on Dr. De Pasquale's supplements for at least a couple of months to ascertain how effective those are. And if at that point he wants to switch to the anabolic diet Uh, bulking, there's a possibility Progenidrex is going to work there. I say a possibility because, in all honesty, I have no data on how Progenidrex works on the anabolic diet. However, knowing its mode of action and ingredients, I can speculate. One possibility might be just to load Progenidrex on the weekends. It would seem to be ideal for that.
1: Because, yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna do a refeed. You might as well eat like an animal.
2: <laughs> right. And 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 the carbs are also coming back, right? Flooding in. Progenidrex also includes a very soluble form of creatine, creatine hydrochloride. It also includes the R isomer of alpha lipoic acid,
1: which will assist Insulin mimetic, right there. Bam. Get Insulin the mimetic. get those get that glucose into the I mean, get that glycogen stored. Right. Exactly. Right.
2: And and also a small amount of disodium phosphate, which we know is more important to uh, creatine entering the muscle cell than even insulin. So to me, it, it would be the ideal product for that weekend refeed. Since there's no doubt on it, though, I will volunteer because I have, I have uh, three-quarters of a bottle of progenodrex in front of me. Uh, I will volunteer to conduct that experiment because I am on the anabolic diet as well. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, I don't know how I will define success on this diet other than, uh, you know, typically when you're on progenitrix, you see a pound a week. The ideal on the anabolic diet is big carb-up weekend that could be 5 or 10 pounds. right? And then as you get back on the ketogenic part, your weight comes down progressively over the week. Ideally, on Friday, you would be a half pound to a pound heavier than you were the prior week. So I will give it a go. I will report back to everyone how it works. Certainly, if nothing else, uh, it's going to stretch a bottle a long way. The serving is uh, six caps a day, whether that's training or a non-training day. And there are 180 capsules in
1: there. So, so if you took Progenidrex and GHRP6, you would have to wear chain mail gloves while you're eating, not to eat your own fingers, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the appetite. I, yeah, I, I mean,
1: can... could you imagine? Like, you, you just well, I, I, look, the first time I experimented with GHRP6 was probably in about 2008. Yeah. And um, I took a 250-microgram, shot of it, a quarter of a milligram, because I want to see what it was going to do. Right, And I can vividly remember I was living in my apartment at the time, I was going through my divorce, and within about 10 or 15 minutes I started to feel hungry and I walked over to the refrigerator and I opened the refrigerator to see what I had to eat. And I had eggs, I had raw milk, I had beef, I had all this stuff, but I also had a big can of brewer's yeast. Mm. Now anybody who knows brewer's yeast Doesn't taste great. It doesn't taste horrible. It kind of tastes like B vitamins. You know, that's what it really tastes like. And I remember opening the can of brewer's yeast and grabbing a spoon. And while I'm looking in the refrigerator, I'm shoveling brewer's yeast into my mouth. But wait, it gets better. So I'm eating the brewer's yeast, like, right out of the can. And I'm looking in the refrigerator for something to eat at the same time. And all of a sudden, it dawns on me. I thought, man... If I added, like, molasses to this Bruges yeast, this could make good candy. I take the Bruges yeast can out of the refrigerator. I get my raw honey. I'm squirting the raw honey right into the canister of Bruges yeast and eating it out. I ate a half canister of Bruges yeast before I realized, oh, crap, this is the GHRP-6 working on me.
2: <laughs> but beyond that, Bruges yeast makes some people damn hungry itself.
1: Does it really? I didn't even know that. Oh, my yeah, God. Oh yeah. I, that's when I realized, like, I don't take more than 100 micrograms of GHRP6 now. I, I, every, every morning I take uh, 100 micrograms of GHRP6 and 100 micrograms of modified growth factor 1 through 29. I start my morning off with that. My post-workout group of syringes includes growth hormone. I don't use that post-workout because I'm already hungry, hungry post-workout. Yeah. But literally, I take my shot. And cause I'm not doing, I'm not training fasted. I haven't been training fasted for the past few months. I take my shot. I go over to the, the cabinet. I get my oatmeal out. By the time my oatmeal is ready and my eggs are ready, I am freaking starving. Like I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to eat everything in front of me. So yeah. GHRP six, if you have someone in your family that is uh, not eating enough, an elderly person, and if you can convince them to use 100 microgram injection of GHRP six, 20 minutes, a half hour before mealtime, they will never miss a meal again. Never. You know, why doctors aren't using GHRP6 with their elderly patients is beyond me. Beyond me. Because it could change. Because you know frailty is the number one indicator of, of, of early mortality. And and elderly people become frail because they, they, they don't have an appetite, they don't eat enough protein, they don't eat enough in general, you know, and man, GHRP six could actually help those people live longer. I am convinced of that.
2: Uh, I, I'm right there with you. I saw that in the nursing home when my grandparents were there. And you know, a lot of old people die from quote unquote old age. What they're really talking about is malnutrition. Their bodies can no longer process and assimilate food, and they don't have the appetite.
1: And here's the interesting thing about GHRP-6. Anybody... I, I had this discussion with Patrick Arnold, too, because Pat was having gut problems. Yep. Um, so GHRP-6 not only makes you hungry, but it makes your body process food faster. Nice. Because, it, because great it, great. It, it, creates, it creates an environment in your body of one that you haven't eaten in a long time, and the body it becomes ravenous, and the digestive track the digestive motility uh it just is ramped up so if you're somebody who's like man i eat and then the food just sits in my stomach for hours and i just can't eat again you take 100 micrograms of ghrp6 before a meal not only will you eat the entire meal and probably some more but it will go through you faster and you will your stomach will be emptier a lot faster and you'll be ready to eat again sooner
2: help a lot of old folks.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, why are doctors ignoring that? This is a safe peptide. It's been around forever. Everybody uses it. And and, it, and and the 6 is better in the morning and the 2 is better in the evening. So 6 elicits a greater cortisol pulse and 2 does not. So theoretically, you don't want cortisol to rise in the evening. So you would use GHRP6 during daytime hours. And I would say before 4 p.m., but after 4 p.m. if you're going to use a secretagogue and you need GHRP as one of them the great because they're ghrelin agonists you would use GHRP2 after 4 p.m. so you're not so you're just improving hunger you're improving uh 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 growth hormone pulse but you are not increasing cortisol production late in the evening right uh the next question comes from Mike Gianelli he says i understand that you worked with Mike Mentor when he was alive That's the only way to work with him. (laughs) Nobody worked with him when he was dead. Can you give me the cliff notes on high-intensity training and whether or not you think it's a valid long-term strategy to build muscle? That's a good question. That's a good question.
2: It's a really good question. Um, For reference sake, uh, the first person in this country to really push high-intensity training was Arthur Jones. Um, but, as Jones aged and eventually <clears throat> passed away, <coughs> excuse me, Mike was the guy that picked up the torch and he carried it, and he ran really hard with it, especially in the early nineties, because one of his trainees was current Mr Olympia um Dorian yates, and there was one olympia i can 't remember which one where he improved. So drastically from the year before, it was it was absolutely you know sh- shocking is the word. And when asked why, uh, he said, "Look, everybody's using kind of the same stuff. I I don't use you know nearly as much as some of these other guys. The difference was my training. I've been working with my Mike Mencer, so you can imagine how Mike's business took off. Um, but anyway." What is high-intensity training? In Mike's world, it was predicated on one set to absolute muscular failure. One set. That was a radical and still is considered a radical departure from most people's training today. That one set, for the most part, was 6 to 10 rep range uh, for the upper body and then slightly higher reps for the lower body. It was, uh, let me say this. It was a very high-intensity training is a learned discipline, which means you're not going to get it your first workout. You're not even going to get it your second workout. It takes a while to get out of the multi-set training mode because what do you need to do to make it through multiple sets? You need to pace yourself. There's no pacing yourself with this type of training. So it takes many workouts to get it right. I would say for most people, a couple of weeks. Once you are able to get it right, individuals that are not overtrained or were slightly overtrained make incredible short-term progress, especially strength. It is not unusual that these individuals make the best strength gains of their life on this type of program. Predictably, actual muscle growth lags. Um, but it is noticeably less um, in, with HIT training, given a certain amount of mechanical work and volume is necessary for muscle to grow. And we now know what we did not know way back then. Most studies show training a muscle two or even three times a week is optimal for growth. So on the one hand, you were usually blown away by the amount of weight you could lift versus last session. But you were left scratching your head when, you know, the scale isn't moving much and you're not putting on, you know, more muscle, at least at the pace that you are with strength. Um, it, it becomes very difficult psychologically because you have to wait longer. You have to increase rest periods between workouts in order to realize a strength increase. So the thinking goes like this. Um, you're lifting heavier weights for more repetitions every workout. Logically, the stresses upon your body grow, and it is going to take longer to recover and then recognize an increase. At one point in my training, Mike had me resting two weeks between workouts. Okay? If you are a power lifter, let's say, that is hell on your technique because, you know, to maintain proficiency in the classical lifts, you need to practice, okay? Practice with the barbell. My big problem with the system is this. Ultimately, adrenal burnout and other issues are going to catch up with you. I can tell you as that next workout approaches and you know you have one shot for maybe the next two weeks or longer, it's a really, really tough road to hoe, so to speak.
1: Um, well, yeah, I, the, you, know, uh, you know, you know, what? I got to, I got to inject here because I, I agree with you a thousand percent. In fact, um, so I, I, I have taken long periods of time off from training, right? I and, and I haven't trained legs in close to a year. When you really look at it. Uh, I've lost five inches on my upper legs, by the way. They look I, – I know what my legs would have looked like had I never trained now. Um, yeah. I'm coming to the conclusion that training to failure is a huge mistake for anybody and everybody. And people going to, wait a minute, but, you know, bodybuilders and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Listen to me. So when we're training, there are two separate – nervous systems in play, the peripheral nervous system, which is innervations into muscle, and the central nervous system, which is basically your brain. When everybody goes, oh, central nervous system stimulate they may as well just say brain stimulation, because the central nervous system is the brain, and everything else is peripheral nervous system. Right. Everything out from the spine. And so, it's clear to me now, at this ripe age of 60 years old, That when you train and feel like King Kong leaving the gym, you've stimulated the peripheral nervous system, but you have not depleted the central nervous system. And training to failure is a function of the central nervous system, not the peripheral nervous system. People are going to say, no, that can't. No, your muscles fail because the brain says, I'm done. Not because the innervation into the muscles are completely fatigued. And I can prove that a numerous, a number of ways. So they have that magnetic halo thing that yep. they put on people's heads and, and it blocks the governor in the brain. And you all of a sudden you went to failure, but then they put that thing, they go try again and you got five more reps in you. You're like, I can't believe this. Um. So we, we also know there's numerous studies that show that fatigue begins in the brain, yep. not in the muscles. And so, I really, th- I am coming to the conclusion now. And, 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 you know, I've done full body workouts, but then I get, then I, I keep adding movements. I keep adding weight. I ke- and I end up pushing myself into central nervous system fatigue. I am convinced that you can make the greatest great gains in strength and, and in hypertrophy by not going into central nervous system fatigue, by not training to failure. But by training to like maybe eighty percent you know flirting with that zone, but stopping and and letting the governor, if you're hitting the mark B when you leave the gym, if you feel light and spry and ready to conquer the world, versus man, I just want to go sit in my car for a couple minutes <laughs> I'm convinced of this now, I really am you know I, and
2: you know what i I agree wholeheartedly in fact, um, one of the most one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was a seminar done by Bill kasmeier He said, always leave a rep or two in the tank. I
1: saw, I saw him by the way. He, he's gotten old, but I saw him at the Arnold walking around. Oh, that's
2: so cool. Yeah. Well, in any case, I'll wrap this up by saying, um, heavy duty, high intensity training can be productive. I would say for a duration of anywhere between four and, Ten weeks on the outside, but it is almost always much more effective when you're coming off of a volume phase, and then you get right that drastic drop in volume. It's those those are the benefits. The drawbacks, though, are many. We discussed adrenal failure. We discussed the central nervous system, um, but also the fact that you lose other strength qualities, speed, strength the ability to perform a one-rep max, uh, the ability to generate higher and higher total tonnage numbers. So, look, it's a way to overload the muscle. It is a golf club in your bag. You need a full set of clubs, though, to shoot your best round.
1: I want to give a shout-out to Brandon H. uh, from Instagram because he's the guy who asked me the question about AOD 9604. And when I pointed out to him that it was nothing more than fragment 176 to 191, he's like, Oh, that stuff didn't work back in the day. I was like, yeah, they just changed the name, uh, to fool people into thinking it's something new. And this, and and keep in mind that someone just messaged me, texted me, uh, that listens to the show and said, I have severe anxiety and my doctor wants to put me on, Femma, hold on a second. Let me see what she said it was called. So, she said my doctor wants to put me on Seraphim because I have anxiety. And I said, uh, hold on a second. Let me look and see what this is. And I look and well and so then I texted her back. I says, "You know how when people get depressed, they put them on Prozac and then they commit suicide?" She goes, yep. "Yes, I would never take Prozac." I said, well, they named, renamed Prozac to Seraphim. <laughs> so the pharmaceutical industry does this, too. They're like, oh, everybody's afraid of Prozac. We just need to change the name. And look, right. this is what everybody does. A good friend of mine, Jeff, runs a restaurant here in town. The restaurant opened too soon. It's got terrible, 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 terrible reviews now. Nobody wants to go there. So guess what they're doing? They're just changing the name of the restaurant, and they feel like they're just going to wipe away All of the bad publicity, and they will. He said, "Oh well, we'll change some things inside, but it'll be the same restaurant. We'll just call it something new." This is what this is what people do, because we are way too myopic. All we care about is what's in front of us now. We don't forget something ten years ago and go, "Oh, that's the same thing." It didn't work ten years ago. Why would I think it's going to work now? Right, right. It's like what do they call high fructose corn syrup? Yeah, it's now it's, it's several names: glucose, fructose, sugar. Uh, they call it um, something, some other fruit sugar. They have three, div- three or four different names now. That's why everybody thinks high fructose corn syrup has been taken out of the food supply. It hasn't. It's still in there. They just call it different things. And the FDA is allowing the corn refiners industry to fool people. The, the FDA is supposed to be produ- pro- protecting us from them, not protecting them from us.
2: Well, I should rename Mahuang and reintroduce it as <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, you can't do that. See, but if you if you if you were part of an industry that makes billions of dollars and you paid the FDA millions of dollars every single year, yeah, you could do that. But you and I would go to jail for doing that. If they say, Oh, you just renamed it and you're selling Mahuang, we're putting you in jail.
2: Yep sad state of affairs
1: it is man you know and that's why when ne- and people are like well we got to change government you're never going to change government it's been like this since king henry in england you're not going to change government what you have to change is your level of intelligence and awareness and and you must govern your own steps through this life because nobody is going to help you make the right decisions we're going to take a last commercial break when we come back we have uh, the blueprint tip of the day. And quite frankly, it's a good one about Dr. Mardi Pasqual's anabolic diet. So this is going to also help uh, Al Reeves. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Now, the number one best-selling non-hormonal anabolic agent at PredatorNutrition.com. Progenodrex has established itself as the category killer. If you're having difficulty gaining muscle while staying lean, you owe it to yourself to try Progenodrex. 100% of store reviews rated it at five stars, the highest possible ranking. And today, right now, there are guys pouring their hearts out in the gym with a little or nothing to show for it. Don't waste any more time. Go to PredatorNutrition.com today and get Progenodrex, the world's Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive
1: at RenewLifeRx.com. For the past four months, I've been keeping a secret. Every night at bedtime, I tape my mouth shut with Somnifix strips. That's right, and here's why. Whether you snore or not, at some point in the night, almost all of us start breathing through our mouth. Since I've started using Somnifix strips, I've noticed that I sleep deeper and have seen improvements in my health, fitness, and cognitive function. That's because nose breathing activates the parasympathetic nerve nervous system and improves nitric oxide production and that leads to improved sleep immunity carbon dioxide oxygen exchange and much more oh and if you do snore it'll help you stop snoring try somnifix risk-free go to somnifix.com forward slash s h r get a free trial pack of somnifix strips today are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you need do what I do and start your day with lipospheric supplements from Live On Labs. Unlike pills and powders, Live On's patented liposomal encapsulation technology transports nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin B, glutathione, acetyl-L-carnitine, and alpha-lipoic acid to where they need to be your cells. Visit try.liveonlabs.com forward slash Carl to learn why I take these supplements every day to help me perform in the gym and in life. That's try.liveonlabs.com slash Carl. There are a few products that I believe in, the way I believe in Cansee eye drops. I've been using Cansee for 6 months now and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using Cansee eye drops for 11 years now and I credit Cansee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. Cansee eye drops improves the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today.
0: Spit that out right now. This is the Superhuman Channel.
1: Welcome back to the Blueprint Power Hour. So the blueprint tip of the day. Tip of the day. So you can call the,
2: you can call this the Stood the Test of Time series. But which which,
1: which fits perfectly into what we segued into the commercial break with, that the things that don't stand the test of time, they just rename them and sell them to you under a different name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, if my math is correct, and it usually isn't, but this is close enough, um... The anabolic diet is about 25 years old today, and it debuted way back in 1995. If you remember, you know, the circumstances around that time, very, very exciting. Um, Muscle media was, you know, every issue was a breakthrough just about. Supplements that actually worked, and along comes uh, Dr. Morrow's anabolic diet. I was twenty five years old. Uh, I had my first apartment, so I had moved out of my house, first job, and I came I'll never forget, I came home one day and both books are laying at my doorstep. His anabolic diet. He also wrote uh a supplement review, which I'll go into some other time. But needless to say, um I had I had no money <laughs> but I had a burning desire to learn more about how to manipulate my physiology. And in one of his columns, Dr. De Pasquale said something once that made a lot of sense to me. He said, if you, if you want to make a macro change to your physique and or your performance, you need to consider um, juggling macronutrients. So in other words, you know, not majoring in the minors and Using micronutrients like uh, vitamins, herbs, etc., etc. Anyway, as soon as I got it, I tore through it and I made a determination that at my current 195 pounds, I needed to take up more space on this planet in a big way. So I set a goal of getting to 250. After reading the book and doing the calculations, It came about that I needed to eat about 6,000 calories a day, which I think we can all agree is a lot. I had no money, but I went to the grocery store and finally figured out that my solution, in large part, would be a big old jug of vegetable oil.
1: Because, I'll, never, I'll never forget the first time you told this story. All I could think about was cramping and spending time in the bathroom for hours. Oh, That's you, all you, you will know about. where
2: every bathroom is. <laughs> oh. because, because every day, Monday through Friday, Friday, I downed two cups of vegetable oil mixed in eight scoops of Viapro chocolate whey protein and a little bit of shaved ice. That gave me 4,800 calories right there. And the balance um, came from meat vegetables and some eggs uh so needless to say it was an adjustment over the the next several weeks in a nutshell the diet can be can be thought of as follows monday through friday very low carbohydrates uh 30 grams or under saturday sunday you turn around and do the big carb load now there are a lot of of nuances though um that the good doctor goes into in his book, and I would highly recommend getting it uh, because you'll pick up a lot of tips about how to be more successful on the diet. The weekly pattern, though, for me, was as follows. Every weekend, I put on anywhere between 5 and 10 pounds. Come Monday, when you go back on low carbs again, over the course of the week, your weight naturally decreases. Every Friday, though, I was, I would say a minimum, if memory serves, one pound heavier. And so here comes the weight. And it seems to be pretty much on schedule and automatic every week. I make it up to two, from 195 to 252 in a little more than a year. If you do the pound-a-week calculations, that, that's just about right. Gaining had become so easy I actually, I, I remember saying to myself, you know, you could keep going. And part of me is kicking myself that that I didn't. But, look, I got to my goal, okay? Not all of it was muscle, but a lot of it was. It was, to this day, the most I have ever weighed. Um, I have also used it to cut all the way down to 195, And believe it or not, I would tell you that as successful as I was in being able to put on weight, dieting might be a better application of the anabolic diet for several reasons. The first is you're going to have a caloric limit like any other diet. But because the diet calls for more fats, you are much fuller, much longer. Okay? So you're not starving like you are on many other diets. You're also going to be a lot stronger due to the weekend carb loads versus a straight keto diet, which is what most people do, right, when they're trying to lose weight. Remember, the suffix is hydrate. For every gram of carb that goes out, three grams of water goes with it, and muscle is about 70% water. I'm no mathematician, but that adds up to bad news right, when you go to start lifting weights again, you you will, interestingly, you will learn how to time your exercise with this diet. And that's really crucially important. Because as an example, after the weekend carb load is done, you weigh, as I said, up to 10 pounds more. you got a lot more leverage. Your barbell lifts are going to be a lot easier. So consequently, Monday is going to be your heavy day for bench presses, squats, deadlifts, what have you. Conversely, it's going to be murder for your body weight stuff. But as the week goes on, and ultimately you get to Thursday and Friday, that's where I put my body weight stuff. So um, the other thing is it can be tailored to leverage the finer points and in the, in the strength of other diets. So let me give you an example. I've been doing this forever. Monday through Friday, I keep carbs low, but I practice intermittent fasting for all of the advantages that I cited in my earlier answer. On the weekend, I'll switch back to carb loading, and in some cases, I will eat you know every two to three hours like a typical bodybuilder diet. Now, I mentioned before about some interesting facts, uh, if you get the book and nuances Dr. D. Pasquale goes into. One of those is, interestingly enough, on the anabolic diet, your body makes its own HMB or beta hydroxymethylbutyrate. Now we can we can debate all day long about whether or not that, that works or not, but you know, the fact is there is some anti catabolic action associated with it. Why pay for it if your body's gonna make it, right? Um, you'll also learn, and this is really important what your carb threshold is how many grams a day and for how many days can you eat carbohydrates and not have it spill over into fat storage you'll also learn right quick which carbohydrates show on you um, you know over a weekend, for example you're going to learn that carbs from fruits and vegetables are a hell of a lot different than carbs from Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme and breads and, and other things that quote-unquote show on you. So it's an education in not just a diet, but how to match your training to the diet and threshold of certain nutrients, carbs, fats, and proteins. I will wrap this up by telling you that the original anabolic diet is well worth your money. Dr. De Pasquale is the real deal. In addition to being a legitimate medical doctor, he holds multiple world records in multiple weight classes in powerlifting. In fact, most of those were set during the 1970s and 80s when he was using a version of the anabolic diet. He also makes two other books. um, believe they're titled The Anabolic Diet for bodybuilders, and the anabolic diet for powerlifters. I would encourage you to purchase those also. Long story short, if you haven't tried it, this is one of the best diets that you can use because even if you determine, hey, you know, this this really doesn't work for me, you will be able to walk away guaranteed with two or three things that do. So, I don't know, Carl, what your experience has been with it. I know Dr. Deep Quality has been on before.
1: He was my first guest ever. He was the show number one. It was him. We talked about the anabolic diet. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think he's still out there doing his thing. I I don't know what's going on with him. He stopped replying to emails. I spoke to Randy Roach a couple months ago. He said he hasn't heard from Morrow. You know, his wife, Bonnie, um, was diagnosed with breast cancer about five or six years ago, and I I believe she was in remission. Uh, And he was working on some really exciting work. You know, he was on the show. uh, Last time he was on the show was probably 2016, maybe 2017. Yep. Um, And he was working on a a, a thesis, uh, a paper, to discuss the effects of the anabolome. Uh, You know, everybody talks about the microbiome, and they talk about... the the genetic effects uh, on the body. And he believed like I do that the acquisition and maintenance of muscle uh, plays a role in longevity and health. And he was working on this, uh, this idea and gathering information and extrapolating and, and writing about it. And then all of a sudden he just stopped replying. I, I don't know. I know his website is still up, so I know he's still selling stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, I hope he's okay. At the end of the day, he is one of the great minds that has contributed to something of actual value in drug-free lifting. Yeah. You know, you can legitimately turn to a kid and tell him, Look, there's a diet that's going to help you get the most out of your testosterone, growth hormone, and insulin. It's not going to make you blow up like... D-ball. ...and D-ball and Anadrol, but... Um that kid 's going to learn a lot a real lot and I, I just wish we had more minds like him sadly there there just aren 't many these days
1: no very sad, and yep. you know he helped uh he worked very very closely with the dr squat with Fred Hatfield yeah very close they were they 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 were the guys who were called by McMahon to come into the w w e WWF whatever it was called at that time uh because they wanted these guys off of drugs and yeah, they used of, the they used the anabolic diet and uh, Dr. Hatfield started training them and 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 the anabolic steroids were being taken out of uh, wrestling.
2: Yeah, Dr Dr D if I'm not mistaken actually set up their drug testing policy. Yep. Helped them with the diet and if memory serves he was also working with Leo Costa of OTS at the time,
1: he could have been. I didn't know about that, but that that doesn't sound far fetched.
2: No, I, I'm I'm almost certain of it because I remember in the anabolic diet when it came time to do, discuss training, um, he referred his readers to Leo and and his big OTS. beyond
1: belief, right? Yeah, yep, yep. yeah.
2: It was it was an amazing time. It was an exciting time, and I only wish. We just had a little of that back, and you know you can go on any board today you want—bodybuilding, anabolic minds, whatever.com. There's nothing new out there. I mean, there really isn't. No, it's um, all the know.
1: groundbreaking has been done. Now it's a matter of just execution. That's it. Execution. Eat eat every day like you're supposed to eat. Train every day like you're supposed to train. Sleep every day like you're supposed to sleep. You know, that's it. It's all about execution now. We've unraveled pretty much everything now.
2: Yeah, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. The information's out there. I recommend you get it, and more importantly, use it. And, hey, if you have success, or even if you don't, write me or call me or text me. I'd love to hear about it. There you go. All
1: right, brother. Great show today.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I loved
1: it. We'll see you by tomorrow with more Superhuman Radio. Thank you for listening today. And don't forget, we're looking for a salesperson here. So if you have sales experience, email me at onair at superhumanradio.net. See you tomorrow.